The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. Welcome to B-Movies and Ebooks. I'm Craig Wade. And I'm Brian Allen Delaney. And today is uh, episode 88, 87. I think it's 88. Is it? I don't know. Well, it's definitely an episode. And, (laughs) you know, we we decided that after, what, three years? Yeah, it's 88. But after three years, we were going to get our shit together. And we're not off to a good start. No. But I, I didn't believe us in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is true. Um, so, yeah. What's new with you, Brian? Uh, not much. S- saw a couple movies. What did you see? Recently. Um, well, the Garbage Pail Kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we're covering the Garbage Pail yeah, Kids that's movie. Our review. And uh, uh, Feast by Thomas S. Flowers. Well, I, I also saw um, Sully. Remember that movie? Yeah. And that new Guy Ritchie King Arthur movie. Oh yeah, was that as bad as everyone said it was? <laughs> Kinda. And um, Spider Man Homecoming. How was that? Let's start really with that. good, actually. Yeah. It was. Um, it was actually really good. Yeah, and Michael Keaton was great in it. Really? There was yeah. There was one part where he was like genuinely intimidating. Because it was basically he was Batman again. Uh, okay. Yeah. Like he did the Batman voice. Well, you know, I, I just watched Founder with him, and, and uh, I'll get into that in a bit, but go ahead. Uh, I, I guess it's just Keaton Mania over here yeah. at B&E headquarters. <laughs> we should do, we should do um, like, Michael Keaton September. Well, <laughs> dude, yeah, Founder was infuriating. Like, it pissed me off so bad. But also, um, he... While watching that, he did a good job, but I want to watch footage of Ray Kroc to see if he like was doing an, like an impression of him because I felt like he, Michael Keaton wasn't as good of an actor in this as normal. And I think that maybe he just instead uh, what I was perceiving as bad acting was just like it ticks that the guy had that Michael Keaton was, you know, imitating. Oh, like it was so, it was like, he was such a good actor. Uh huh. It, it looped back around to where it seemed like he was bad at it. Yeah. Uh, what was that bear movie? Leonardo DiCaprio was in the Revenant, the Revenant. Yeah. Like I heard bear a lot of movie. people. <laughs> it's like one scene in the movie. Oh, really? I mean, I've never seen it, but that was I, good. I remember when it came out, a bunch of people were like, Thomas Hardy sucks, man. Like his, his uh you could hear the english in his accent uh, under this bad accent but it turns out that that was actually the, like the the particular dialect of that region so like yeah he's amazing yeah, he went and, like <laughs> did like crazy research and did like a period like location specific dialect and got crap for it <laughs> well see and i love i love michael keaton so i can't imagine and i think he's a really good actor so i can't imagine that uh 
that what I'm perceiving as these little ticks and uh, just about the way that he talks and the way he sounds and stuff was actually bad acting. I can't imagine it. So I'll bet you that's just how Ray Kroc was. But anyway, yeah, check out Founder if you want to be pissed off. Unless you're one of those people that thinks like Martin Shkreli is a cool guy. <laughs> you know, and then then you might be like, oh, man, Ray Kroc was awesome and he was great, you know. But basically, yeah. yeah, the dude that really started McDonald's, giant piece of shit. Cool. <laughs> oh, see, like, is that what that's about? Because I just see it and it has like McDonald's on it and I just keep thinking I don't really want to watch that. Why? I feel like it's going to be like, I don't know. Like, I didn't know it was like a was critical like for some reason i was expecting it to be like a mcdonald's fluff piece like mac and me yeah like mac and me (laughs) exactly um no i got you i probably wouldn't have watched it except for my brother-in-law was staying with us for a little bit he was in town (laughs) and he wanted to see it because he heard it was good so i watched into mcdonald's yeah and it it turned (laughs) out no like it's weird because the people that start mcdonald's aren't bad like the people that got all of the the uh you know uh figured out all of the fast food process and and almost bringing like the assembly line um stuff into the fast food or into the restaurant Mm -hmm. they're not bad and then he basically tells them he's gonna franchise it and help them out and then he just screws them over so bad. Like the whole movie is just like these, these two guys that are very particular and like them just getting screwed over by him over and over and over. But what's up? Um, it sounds like, like dogs or something are murdering each other outside of my house. So I'm going to go check that out real quick. All right. (laughs) Brian's gone to investigate a dog murder. All right, and, okay. and, and, and you're back. What happened? Yeah. Uh, apparently, it was just like two people talking on either side of a fence. Were they and, speaking uh, a dog or something? No, their dogs were just going nuts. Oh, okay. I thought you meant the noise was them. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, okay, so news. Um, this really isn't real so much in my wheelhouse, but it definitely is in yours. Uh, did you see the new uh, doctor on Doctor Who? Uh, no, has has it been announced already? I know there was rumors, and it was supposed to be announced actually today. It is. It's um. Jody oh, I guess Whittaker. it would be. She'll, I guess it would be Sunday in um, UK time. It's still Sunday here, dude. I know, but I mean, if it was already announced. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Jodie Whittaker. Jodie Whittaker. First huh? female doctor. Yeah, I've been calling that since like, um, since like Matt Smith. Yeah, I've, I've, that they're gonna that they were gonna make a female doctor. All right. Yeah. So, what are you thinking? I mean, are you happy about that? Does it matter? Like, who knows? Does what matter? the gender of the doctor (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know like i've never really watched much of it so like is the doctor walking around going i'm a man all the time because then i could see it mattering (laughs) (laughs) no he he doesn't um but i mean it kind of makes sense even in the context of, of the show well i mean definitely because his arch enemy 
um, has been or, or is also a time lord and they regenerate into new bodies. Right. And um, he's been a woman for the last couple of seasons. So, I mean, it, there's already, you know, precedent for it or whatever. And they've talked about it before about regenerating into different genders. No big deal. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be pissed off. Of course. But it's dumb. <laughs> I mean, I, we've talked about it on the show. Like, the not specifically to this, but like these kinds of moves. And, I, you know, it makes sense if it's within within the confines of the show. Or, <laughs> but if it's not and it's just a marketing move, it's dumb. You know? Yeah, like how um, for a while recently Marvel made Iron Man a twelve-year-old uh, yeah, <laughs> 12 African American girl, yeah, and for no reason other than just you know marketing basically, yeah, and that didn't go over well. But I mean, this makes total sense, um, or like you know, I don't care when they do the same things with. Uh, new movies or whatever you know it's like oh we're gonna take this news i can't think of any off the top of my head where they make like like ghostbusters yeah <laughs> i mean that was they they weren't the same characters no see that's the only time that it, it gets annoying to me where it's like forget everything you know <laughs> <now>. <laughs> you know like I, I could care less otherwise um even though Ghostbusters, I never watch it. I do need to see it because I kind of want to see watch it. Watch it. It's not as bad as everybody gives it credit to be. Yeah. Or as being. It didn't look good to me, though. And it that didn't have anything to do with, like... It just looked like a, a little kid movie. It is. So, anyway. it is. It is a little kid Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. And well, if you look, if you go into it thinking about that and, you know... Or or pretend it's a world where the original Ghostbusters never existed. It's not a bad movie. But what if you pretend that it's the real world where they did exist? Like, if <laughs> you pretend, like, the real world had real world Ghostbusters? No, I mean, just like our Like lives. it was a documentary? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, did you see... I sent you a link yesterday, and I'm not sure that you saw it or cared... But um, did you see anything or read anything about that Bubble Butt movie coming out? Wait, what? It's called Bubble oh, Butt. Oh, the 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 one um, with the butthole in the woods. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you, I I I marked it. Ha ha. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is news that needs it's to just, come out because it's it, just you sent it to me and then sent me a text directly <laughs> after about something completely different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh no, it, it was it sent it to you and then what time are we podcasting? <laughs> yeah, that's um, a... so. Bubble butt. A guy goes off into the woods to rub one out and finds <laughs> finds a uh, giant butthole growing in the woods, uh, the floor of the woods. The floor, <laughs> right the, underneath the, the tile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, just in the ground, there's there's a butthole growing. Um, yeah. it looks bizarre. Um, if, did you see this picture? I don't know if it'll show, but <laughs> it's like 
a very cavernous <laughs> yeah yeah anyway um yeah it it looks like uh it says admit it you thought it was the sarlacc pit didn't you um it looks a lot like it yeah um yeah this looks bizarre but i don't know about you i'm kind of i want to see it oh we're gonna cover it <laughs> why would we not um why wouldn't we <laughs> Yeah, but that concludes my horror movie uh, news of the oh, week. Oh, nothing about Tarantino doing a movie about the Manson family? <gasps> no, I had forgotten nothing about that, that, that was this week. No. Yeah. Well, see, I hadn't heard much about it other than uh, people saying, who would be the best Charlie Manson for, you know, who would you cast? And it's like... Uh, uh, Mike Myers. Know. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'll, bet he, I'll bet he does do something bizarre like that, but... I mean, but I mean, think think about that. Think about that Guru movie he was in. Had the same haircut and stuff. Oh yeah, the Love Guru. Yeah, me and uh, Rodney from uh, Nerds on the Left and uh, Longbox Small Talk. Uh, we used to be roommates, and he made me watch that more than once. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he wasn't like a fan. He just was like, "Oh God, this is terrible," and just kept watching it. Um, but yeah, is it just a strictly, like, is he doing anything weird with it or is it just a strict kind of biopic? I, of, I don't think there's really many details uh, okay. going out. I mean, it's just basically that he's going to do it and that some people have been approached for things and that's it. Huh. Well, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, I'll watch it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm... Uh, we're both huge Tarantino fans. I think, honestly... Charlie uh, Manson fans? No, Tarantino both fans. Huge Charlie Manson fans. <laughs> no, I mean, but, like, I think most people that are into movies are Tarantino fans, you know? But uh, anytime he makes anything, it gets my attention. So I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. And plus, yeah. I mean, honestly, the Manson case is really, really interesting so i'd like to see a quality film made mm -hmm. of it so i agree anyway well cool um oh so so real quick just to, just to reiterate um because we talked we mentioned talking about it and then didn't um uh homecoming was great um oh, sully yeah. kind of sucked oh okay yeah <laughs> hold on yeah get into this uh so homecoming was great yes what would you rank it by in terms of like so the original Sam Raimi trilogy? Uh, sure. Sure. I would, I hesitate to put it at the level of, uh, Spider-Man two. Um, but it's probably up there. <laughs> I trembled to th at the thought. <laughs> no, I mean, cause Spider-Man two was the best Spider-Man movie ever. You think? I mean, I yeah. know that that's consensus. I think Spider-Man One is uh, almost as good. Eh. What was what was so bad about it? Nothing. What was so <laughs> great about two? Um, Alfred Molina. Really? Yeah. Okay. Been such a fan of him since uh, Temple or Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark. <laughs> yeah, that two minute cameo. <laughs> Throw me the idol. And then he looks and he's just beheaded or yeah, speared. Speared. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, it was good. Huh. 
Well, I mean, that's cool. At least it's better than Spider-Man 3. Yeah. <laughs> and Amazing Spider-Man 2. Was Amazing Spider-Man 2 bad? Yeah. I liked Amazing Spider-Man. I never saw 2. It was, it was pretty good. But, yeah. Anyway, um, Sully was real weird. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So, this movie, if you're not familiar, it's about the uh, the kid that... <laughs> the kid... <laughs> <laughs> the kid that could fly a plane no it's about that uh airplane pilot that hit a bunch of geese and landed safely in the hudson river right correct was it hudson river yeah. okay mm -hmm. so like and he was revered like hugely over like here he was a, he was a her hero yeah i mean he was on snl you know for our international audience we we have to give some context or context uh he was like, airplanes are <laughs> <laughs> um so he was like on everything for a while over here he was just this huge hero but my big thought was if he was that great of a pilot why didn't he avoid the geese they they well <laughs> I mean like I'm playing obviously yeah the geese just okay so it shows the plane crash probably four times in the movie were like they, in its entirety were they far like, I'm not even joking the way that it sounds no like, they they, they, just, they like, were taking off yeah so he hits them and like uh oh oh no all right and lands in yeah, the river but I mean both of his engines went out and he didn't have enough um time or height altitude to make it to the air uh, to the airport again so he had to land it in the river that's it thomas jane's in it hmm. <laughs> well would you would you say watch that thomas movie jane. no uh the, <laughs> <laughs> all right uh did you ever watch flight with denzel washington uh no that's the one where he flew upside down because he was drunk yeah, that was a great movie. And then watch that one. Okay. All right. <laughs> They're similar. Well. And then, um, uh, oh, real quick, Guy Ritchie King Arthur movie. Uh-huh. If it would have been two different, like, it was two different movies put together is basically what it felt like. Oh, really? It was It was a trying to be, like, dark and epic, like, fantasy movie, like a Lord of the Rings type movie, mm -hmm. right? And then um, a heist, uh, like a heist movie set in medieval England. <laughs> set in current times. <laughs> but no, I mean, like there there were scenes in there that were just like it was lock, stock and two smoking barrels. But huh. with King Arthur, it was real weird. If they would have picked one or the other, I think the movie would have been good. But it just was so uneven. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard nothing but terrible things about it. So it's got an actually okay rating on IMDb. It's like seven and a half. You know, something like that. How many great movies has he done? Like uh, Guy Ritchie. Lock, yeah, Lock, Stock, and Snatch, Snatch. and that's it. Yeah. Well, like, the Sherlock ones were all right. Oh yeah, he did do those. Yeah, I never mm -hmm. watched any of those. They're good. They're, They're funny. Were, there were two, right? Yeah. Huh. Oh, okay. So, Planet of the Apes came out, right? The, the new, new one? one? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, uh, I didn't even know it was coming out. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I saw someone on Facebook that was like, just saw the new Planet of the Apes, and I was like, what in the hell? <laughs> like, I must Dude, Those have movies just... are so good. Yeah. 
I mean, that's it. <laughs> I thought you had more. Um, no, they're they're good. Yeah, I mean, I like them. Okay, they're they're definitely not bad. They're better than the uh, Tim Burton one. Brian, they're better than the Tim Burton <laughs> one. <laughs> Danny Boyle did the first one, didn't he? Uh, I think or so. This one? Okay. Well, if not, our our, our condolences. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, well, we've hit the 20-minute mark, so that means let's get into a movie or book. Which one you want to cover? Let's do book first. All right, we'll be back with our review of Feast by Thomas Flowers. Two versus three, nerds with beers and opinions. A podcast on the B&E Network, hosted by Cody O, Kyle Hodge, and Greg Moser. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Episodes available at iTunes, Stitcher, and <laughs> episodes available at the B and E Network. <laughs> episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, <laughs> and Giggle Fits. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and bmoviesandebooks.com. All right, we're back. We are talking Feast by Thomas S. Flowers. Um, I guess, uh, I can pull up the synopsis. Um, <laughs> okay. The Amazon description says between the tech, ah. <laughs> between <That's> weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just coughed at me or something. All right. Uh, between the rural Texas towns of Bass and Sat is the pop, the most popular barbecue restaurant in America. Big Butts Barbecue has been. The seat of power for the Fleming family since the Great Depression. But when tragedy and scandal beset Titus and his transgender son Lavinia, deals are made to keep control of the restaurant. An arrangement that will put father at odds with not only his legacy, but his heir. As the table is set, who will hold the keys to the barbecue kingdom? <laughs> um, Sorry, I, I will. Uh, okay, I will you know go ahead and confess that um every time it said big butts barbecue i giggled a little bit really <laughs> yeah. well i was wondering it's like why would you name your barbecue place that because like pork butt i guess well, i mean that's the only yeah, yeah i mean i got you but <laughs> anyway it did hit me that like oh would a place called big butts be cool like socially acceptable back then you know yeah like when, i know but it seemed a little weird like nowadays you i mean could have you could just do that fat ass barbecue <laughs> <You know? laughs> people wouldn't care <clears throat> um but yeah no and i will say that that summary although it's apt um it doesn't really get quite into what I found intriguing about this book at all, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's this book, just to give some context, this is a loose adaptation of Titus Andronicus by William Shakespeare. And despite it being adapted from the bard himself, <laughs> God, this is no Shakespeare. Anyway. Oh my God. Uh, like it, it, this book, it really caught me off guard. You? I mean... Well. Yeah, yeah, especially since I don't think I read the synopsis before. Oh, really? 
Um, like, cause let's, let's, let's not be around the bush here. Um, first 10% of this book, not even that. I mean, it starts off with a, uh, violent attempted rape scene. Oh yeah. <laughs> Was it attempted? I mean, it, it, well, not, it's at least a sexual it's, assault. It's, a, it's definitely sexual assault. Okay. Yeah. And honestly, like, uh, this, uh, like, you know, I, We've talked about it a million times. I'm not a fan of, um, uh, what are they, trigger warnings? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not a fan, but I also understand where they come into context, you know, so people aren't yeah. taken off guard about something that they're sensitive about. But, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Back, back and forth, back and forth on that discussion. But I will say I was surprised that this book did not come with a... Uh, with a, a trigger warning or, or a bigger warning just because honestly, this is one of, I, I feel like maybe it should have like, just because it, it's yeah. got like domestic violence, uh, casual racism, lots of homophobia and transphobia rape. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole wide spectrum of unpleasantness in this yeah. book. And so honestly, in today's social climate, I really, really would have thought that, Something like this would have come with it. That said, you know, I, I'm fine with it. Not like I, I think putting, putting warnings on books, like, you know, it's not really something it's kind of at odds with, uh, with a lot of things that, you know, but whatever, that's a different conversation. I'm just very, very, uh, surprised that it didn't have one. And that's not to say that this book condones any of that behavior in any way. It didn't whatsoever but it's it's there in the book and so um uh, you know it it definitely some of that stuff got under my skin and kind of was like really that's bizarre but and i think that honestly our my skin is thicker than a lot of the casual horror readers you know and so yeah i mean i guess (laughs) craig thick skin wade maybe i'm wrong but anyway, was I wrong in, in thinking that? No, I mean, I could see where this one would definitely like if there was ever a reason to put a trigger warning on a book, I would see this, you know, As fulfilling that criteria. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, there's also the the whole thing of like when you read a horror book or whatever, I mean, it is first of all. Is this technically horror? Well, they claim, you know, it's claimed that it's an extreme horror book. And honestly, I could see the case being made that it's not. And I can mm-hmm. see that the case being made, well, all right, if it's not, then what the hell is it? You know? Yeah, that's that's where the problem came and, for and, me. Because if it's not a horror movie or a horror book, then what is it? I mean, because it's not just straight up drama. No, but it does have a lot of dramatic elements in it. Um, yeah. You know, it, this, if I didn't know before reading it that this was a adaptation of, of a Shakespeare, Titus Andronicus, you know, or just any Shakespeare, I would have thought that, whoa, wow, they're leaning on a lot of old tropes, you know? Yeah. Because you have these feuding families back and forth. I guess we haven't really even talked about the plot 
Not really. Loose adaptation. So basically... This is a barbecue joint. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, it's just people warring over, like, the taste. I like it tangy. <laughs> anyway, Vinegar-based sauce is the devil. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my... <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> Uh, so the owner of Big Butts Barbecue, I forget his name, but he just lost two Titus. of his... Titus. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm an idiot. Uh, he lost... Uh, what was his last name? Fleming. Okay. Fleming. So Titus Fleming lost two of his sons. I guess one in war, right? Yeah. It, I mean, kind of, it, it, that one's he off was screen. off panel. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other one killed himself after maiming his girlfriend and killing her, her lover. lover. Yeah, that's in the first chapter. Yeah, this we're not isn't, spoiling much. And so his only surviving child is Lavinia, which um, I, honestly, this might be the only depiction of like a gender fluid trans character that I might have ever read. You? Like actually read? Like in a book? Yeah, in a book. I mean, not like ever yeah, heard probably. of. <laughs> <laughs> but so like despite like having breast implants and pretty much presenting himself as male, uh, or as female, um, by wearing like makeup and dresses, L- Lavinia still regards himself as a man and, yeah. and refers to himself as him. Yeah. But despises labels. So Correct. like all of that was, you know, I, Hey, I'm supportive of whatever anyone wants to do, but I did find that a little bit confusing. Like uh, what, <laughs> you know, just like I thought, I, I thought pronouns were, <laughs> kind of a big thing well yeah they, they are he just wants he yeah but anyway yeah it, it was that i was just like huh but then again you know i've listened to like interviews with rupaul uh, where it uh rupaul uses both he and she when talking about him herself <laughs> i was just waiting to see what landmine you stepped on there well i, I think you're screwed either way like, yeah. but anyway um so yeah, like this, I was thinking that this was like a novella, but it wasn't. It was a 182 page novel. Yeah. And I absolutely, like I devoured it like in one sitting, you know? Yeah. It didn't feel long. No, it was so, such a quick, good read. Um, And I, I, I will go ahead and say that, you know, it dealing with... um a gender fluid character and some of that type stuff. I was a little concerned before I read it. Cause I, I knew that that was in there, uh, that that was one of the characters. I was a little concerned that maybe this might've been like a pandering type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, not at all, you know, presented just as a normal, like just a, a character, which I think is the best way to present yeah anyone that falls in any margin, you know, any marginalized group. I mean, it, it, he, he was like, that was a big part of his character, but it wasn't what defined him. If that makes any sense, you know, like there was still a lot more character development aside from just he's transgender. Yeah. It, it, it was like, which I'm, I'm actually super happy about. I think that, you know, and may, hey, like I said before, this may have been the only time I've ever uh, seen a, uh, I guess it would be gender fluid trans character in, in a, in a, 
you know, in fiction. But I was very happy the way that that was handled. You know, it, it never, like, Lavinia never became a cartoon or anything like that, mm-hmm. you know? Never was a tra- stereotype or any, anything like that. But on the other hand, uh, he wasn't uh, just over and over uh, pushing any sort of like you know it never got to pandering at all it was just like hey i am what i am deal with it and that is fucking cool like you know like i really really like the way that they dealt that uh thomas flowers dealt with that character Mm -hmm. so anyway um, and and which is good because they're basically the main character (laughs) sort of (laughs) sort of yeah it's a it's an ensemble piece really yeah so um, pretty much after uh, Titus's son, you know, kills himself and maims the girlfriend, it splits. Uh, Big Butts Barbecue is at the, you know, in between these two towns, Bass and Sat. And so mm-hmm. the girl that he maims is from Sat. And so Sat is uh, totally against, you know, they're calling a boycott. They're boycotting. Yeah. yeah. And despite it being one of the most popular barbecue joints in America, um, they've done some problems where they're having some financial problems and they really rely on, on Bass's <laughs> or Sat's uh, income yeah, Sat's or revenue. patronage. Uh, so, so he talks about like all these failed marketing things that he did yeah, like and a, they mention it. They mention it a few times in the book. And I'm so curious as to what it would be, but a barbecue themed like Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. Wasn't it called like barbecue and friends? Barbecue and friends. Yeah. (laughs) And I am so interested in that. (laughs) Like like they mentioned it just offhand like three times in the book. And every time like I was like, what the hell would that be? Yeah. You know, because like I'm picturing for some reason what went into my head is like um, the Toxic Avengers, like Toxic Crusaders. Mm-hmm. Remember that cartoon? Yeah, I loved it. I know it was great. And it was just like a weird version of Captain Planet. Yeah, yeah. We're... That's what I pictured. <laughs> How? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just like like just like barbecue going around saving the planet. See, I figured it was much more like Sausage Party, where they want to be, like, eaten, but then they're afraid of being eaten. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, hey, that's part of the reason that it was a failed cartoon in this. Yes. There's no yeah, way to I make guess. that real or good. <laughs> I want to I ask Thomas S. Flowers what he had in mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so... You know, basically, they're trying to, they're trying to, you know, with Sat not uh, visiting this restaurant and Bass being a little more of the blue collar crowd that doesn't, uh, doesn't go out and eat here every day, you know, Um, this place is failing. And so from there, it gets jacked up. (laughs) Am I, am I wrong? I mean, this. Every every point where you're like, oh man, I, I, I you know they they create these characters, um, none of which are really have any sort of moral high ground or any, but some that are much worse than others. Yeah, like because even Lavinia would be the closest thing that we have to like a 
morally centered uh, person, but at the mm-hmm. same time, he was still like very, very selfish and and kind of shitty, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's really no good people in this. I mean, like you could make a case for Titus until about halfway up. Well, I mean, yeah, Titus wasn't that bad, but he was still a dick to his son. He never yeah. really accepted his son for being himself. You know, but it, it doesn't really come off that way until like about halfway through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you, like at first, it kind of feels like he's begrudgingly tolerant of it, mm-hmm. and then, yeah. So you're just like, eh. but. Yeah. Yeah, so so Titus, you have Titus, who probably the second one that you're pulling for, but the whole time you're like, man, I hope that this ends, this ends well. <laughs> you know, I'm rooting for these characters, <laughs> and really, just a lot of bad things continue just to happen to yeah. these people. Um, and really, uh, the whole other family just kind of. They're terrible people. Yeah, like the worst imaginable people. Um, ever. If there's if there's any actual caricatures in this book, it's the other family's kids. <laughs> yeah, just the idiot and the gangster. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, who would you say who is your favorite character from this? Favorite character? Yeah. <laughs> Like, who did you latch on to or, or just thought was super cool? Like, as far as the characters go, like. I mean, like the the, the only one I really, I guess, latched on to was probably Lavinia because he was the only one with any sort of redeeming qualities. Yeah. OK, so <laughs> Lavinia, but also Aaron at the end. Aaron, oh my God, that was amazing. And so I looked it up. This is kind of a spoiler, so fast forward to 10 seconds. But is this a spoiler for Shakespeare? Yes. So okay. I looked it up, and that's how Titus Andronicus ends as well. Uh-huh. Like, that, anyway. So your spoiler is they have the same ending. Sort of. You didn't say what it was. Well, I was going to, but now the 10 seconds is over, so <laughs> whatever. But yeah, like, I thought that ending was like, wow, holy shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but, no, I mean, it, no, it, like, I think at at first, though, I didn't like the guy. Not really. Aaron? Yeah. I don't think you're supposed to. Yeah. Okay, good. Mission accomplished. No, no. He's just a memorable character. Like I was pulling yeah. for Lavinia the whole time until yeah you the said 60... who was your favorite? Oh well, yeah, but you have favorite characters that are bad guys too, right? I guess like Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Aaron, Megatron, same dude. Um, but anyway, yeah. Um, okay, so strengths of this, weaknesses of this. Uh, what do you feel well, like the strength was? Well, I mean, I think, you know, uh, I think what we were talking about earlier, character portrayal and not treating what could be considered a sensitive subject as, you know, um, he didn't tiptoe around things. Right. Mm -hmm. And it came off as more genuine and sincere. 
Yeah, I like, I really like that, you know, as I said in the beginning, you know, this has a whole spectrum of unpleasantness, like with domestic violence, casual racism, lots of homophobia, transphobia, and rape. And basically all of those, <laughs> wait. It's a, it's a pretty long list of like. <laughs> well, no, but here's the thing that I thought was very, very good. Um, these all were heavy subjects. And especially, well, I don't want to give one preference. Yeah, over don't the do other, that. <laughs> but, but they were all heavy subjects. But in the confines of the characters, every single one of those was handled well. Uh, you know, the it was basically it seemed genuine that yeah. that's what these characters would do. You know, like are you going to have like a super old timey thug gangster type character that's going to be uh, very accepting of uh, other things? No, you're not. You know, that's, but, that's but I mean, at the same time, I think it showed both sides of things too. Um, you know, like if you want to go back to just real quick, the casual racism, because Aaron is black and it's a not, it's not East Texas town, you know, like it's, it talks about its proximity to Austin. So it's not necessarily the most conservative, you know, area of um, Texas. But you have people who um, basically just look down on him just because they're racist and he's black. And then other people that don't care because he's black and that doesn't really, you know, like yeah. they're not racist. I mean, just so like. Uh, so like sides of both sides of um, everything was shown. Yeah. And I, so. Yeah, I, I think that it's really good. You know, hey, I, I'm i not 100% sure where, uh, you know, if I if I just read this, I wouldn't know where uh, Thomas Flowers' politics and stuff fell. I, knowing yeah. him, he's been on the show, and we're friends on Facebook. I'm pretty sure that I know. But what I'm saying is a good... <laughs> A good author is almost pretty much just, it's a storyteller for life. It's not pushing your agenda or, yeah. or your politics. And mm -hmm. I think that it's very Look easy. You, Stephen King. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. yeah. No, Stephen King, like, you know, he's very progressive as, as a person. But yeah. you read his shit and you don't know where he stands yeah. a lot of the time. You know, your your job is to be, <laughs> almost be a journalist for the things happening in your head. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's a that's a great way of putting it, because like you can't let your own hang ups get in the way of what your characters would do. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that it's it was super cool. Like, I, I really, really enjoyed that. So many of these uh, sensitive issues were were handled the way that they were. And, and yeah. so anyway, to me, that would be the strength. Uh, I thought Lavinia was one of the cooler, you know, maybe not even cooler, but just one of the most memorable characters that I've read in a while. Mm -hmm. um, I absolutely loved, even though it was it was very small in, in terms of plot uh, and actual words on the page. I liked the backstory between him and his mom and all of that, mm -hmm. and. Uh, I think that that kind of had pretty much the only morality <laughs> involved in this very, very amoral tale. Um, uh, that said, weaknesses. Um, do you have any or no? Uh, I have one that was just kind of confusing to me. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, because it's Bass and, and Sat, 
right? Which is fine. There's a lot of weird names in Texas, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like Bee Cave and stuff. But um, there, th- there comes a point where like it starts dealing with the mayors, mm-hmm. right? And like they also are named Bass and Sat. Did I get that wrong? Because like I'm they treat sh- them like people. Like they're like, and then Bass said, "Okay, not like that, but like, you, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes it calls them the mayor of Sat or whatever, and then sometimes it's just like, and then Sat did this, yeah, and I was that was just really odd for me. Um, I mean, I get that sometimes towns are named after people, but not necessarily generations later are those people still the mayor." <laughs> You know what I mean? And it's like, it, I, I understand maybe he did it just because there were already so many characters, mm-hmm. right? And maybe it was just um, easier to deal with it that way. And also kind of Shakespearean in a way, or actually more like Greek play, where it's like the the cities almost and stuff were characters as well. But it was just weird. I don't know. It was. It might just be me. But it was off putting. No, no, no. I, I actually, <laughs> I was gonna say the only, the only weakness that I felt was some of the subplot involving mayors may not have had to have been there. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it didn't it kinda, take away. It had, a, it had a payoff near the end. Yeah, it didn't take away in any sort of way. I'll put yeah. it that way. Um, I said away three times in that sentence. No way. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. I that would be it, but wow, this honestly it it really did it blew me away. Um, uh, what do you do? You have anything else to say about it? Um, I don't think so. I mean, like just final remarks for a review or for for the number. If you want to do that, I am going to say this is one of the best things I've read this year. Four and a half out of five. Okay. I would say if you go into it expecting a horror book, um, you might be a little disappointed. If you want more uh, political intrigue involving a barbecue place, <laughs> then, <laughs> then this is right up your alley. Uh, I'd say four. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah. Hi, Marks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't what I was expecting. Not at all. Because, you know, it was a whole, like... I I remember you telling me it was uh, adaptation of Titus, but I forgot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, it's a you know book named Feast by a like a horror author, and I was expecting you know about a barbecue place. So I was expecting more um, Herschel Gordon Lewis type stuff. Yeah, I mean it's just you know just in general cannibalism type deal. Yeah. And then I got um, the, you know, inner workings of two small towns with a barbecue place. Yeah, the Hatfields and McCoys almost. Huh? Yeah. But. Or you want to go Shakespearean, Montague's and Capulets. Or you want to go Shakespearean, let me look up the two families from Titus Andronicus. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. Well, um, uh, yeah, so hi, Marks. Check it out. It's two ninety nine on Amazon, and we will be right back with our review of the Garbage Pail Kids movie. <clears throat> Would you please remove your podcast from the internet? It doesn't help the world in any way.
You don't possess those skills. What a sad life way to express yourself to your peers. Mel suggested we record a promo for Barely Living the Dream, our podcast about independent filmmaking straight from the trenches. I suggested we read some hate mail, you know, to keep us humble. This one, I this one uh, was right out of place. Show it was free. Now, if I can get an hour and a half of that, that's all I get on my YouTube. We talk about a movie that doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> Join us as we talk about making movies and living the dream. Barely. New episodes available every couple weeks. When we aren't on set. Only on the B&E Podcast Network. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and bmoviesandebooks.com. How do you think you guys sound like total fools? All right, and we are back. We're talking Garbage Pail Kids, the movie. <sighs> yeah. Why, though? <laughs> I don't know. There's something wrong with us. We need to just, uh, you know pick better movies and and what movie are we doing next week craig we are doing the peanut butter solution (laughs) (laughs) Um, we'll start after that (laughs) okay all right so um so yeah the garbage pell kids movie now i i've seen this even as an adult but it's been a long time it's been oh four and X of mine gave me a bootleg copy of it, <laughs> and that was, um, I guess she thought I liked it. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. She's like, you have shitty taste in movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I really don't remember it being this bad. Yeah. I remember watching it as a child, or I mean, I guess not really a child because it came out in 87. So like a tween. <laughs> 87? You would have been yeah. four. Well, I know, but I wouldn't have watched it when I was four. I did. Okay. You went to... <laughs> did you go to the theater? No, but I, I do remember watching it uh, before I moved to Santa Fe, and I moved there when I was five. Okay. I mean, I remember seeing it, I guess, yeah, I guess 87. But anyway, um, you know, as a kid, and I don't remember it being as crappy as it was. You know what? Maybe I did see it in theater. I don't know. I could see your dad taking you to see it, though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I've never seen a worse film in my life. Literally. <laughs> I'll put that out there. Because like, unlike like Little Marines where it was terrible, but there was like some semblance of amateur incompetent like charm, mm-hmm. this film is a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, okay. The end. There's yeah, our review. <laughs> yeah. The main character is not likable. And he runs a Dodger. Yeah. He runs a sweatshop to woo a girl. Is that or is that not? You're getting ahead of yourself. You're getting ahead of yourself. Okay. All right. I guess. Okay. So basically, I'm going to read you the IMDb description. Oh, you go ahead and do that. Yeah. Okay. It's nice and concise. Dodger, who's the main character and also a child, must confront the struggles of life as he is visited by the garbage pail kids (laughs) and intimidated by some older bullies. That's that's the the plot, and that's probably the first ten minutes of the movie. But yeah, eventually, so he's in love with um, a girl named Tangerine, Tangerine and Dodger. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, who by the way were dating in real life. Nuh-uh. Yes, they were. No, dude. You yeah. gotta give me those sweet deets. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> um, they broke up halfway through production. Wait, so through production of this movie? Yeah. Was Dodger a lot older than he? 
Dodger and Tangerine were only one year apart. Really? So mm-hmm. he looked real young and she looked old? <clears throat> he, pl- he plays like a 15-year-old in this movie. And he's 14. Well, almost 15 is what he says. Well, either way. I mean, he's <laughs> he looks very, very young. And yep. she looks 20. She Yeah, she looks yeah early 20s or so. Huh. Weird. Yeah. Okay. So... Okay, so, so Tangerine is like the main bully's girlfriend, mm-hmm. right? I don't even know the main bully's name. Nah, he's just bully number one. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically. But, uh, and Dodger has a crush on her, right? And then um, he gets beat up a couple times and then meets the garbage pail kids. Yeah, and- they like just keep beating his ass, right? Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah. One they time, throw him in the weirdest sewer. Yeah, the sewer that's just like it has pipes marked like to to this hot tub and stuff yeah. like that. It's the weirdest sewer ever. Yeah. So they they attack him. He accidentally knocks over Pandora's box, which is just you know I only Pandora's call it that. Pale. Uh, okay, uh, is what he says. Yeah, it's just a trash can full of the garbage pail kids, <laughs> and, and so <laughs> they're set loose. Uh, until the uh, shop owner, Captain Mancini, can conjure up proper which, magic to put him back in the garbage can. Which, I want to know more about that guy. Yeah. Was he immortal? I, uh, there's a lot going on with that guy. I will say, I, I will totally say that uh, he's, you know, he's basically the trope of like a sage-like advisor. But he's yeah. like an idiotic, pompous dipshit. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like, and he's my favorite part of the movie. Is he really? <laughs> I think so. Well, I'm just so intrigued because he mentions like how things were different back in a time like before modern technology. But he mentions something. I don't remember what he mentions. And like he said, he's gone over here to like wait it out. Basically, it's like, <laughs> is he? Immortal? Yeah, yeah. I got yeah. what you're saying. I'm saying I think he might be some sort of old like wizard. See, OK. Now you say that what I got from it. Is that he was in trouble with another country's IRS, basically. You know, he owed okay. the tax man. He's he's chilling out. So that's why he didn't even care if this place brought revenue, because he's sitting on Brewster's millions over there. Mancini's okay. millions. I, I, I could, either way works out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in in the in the context of the story, either one of those could be equally as probable. Yeah, okay. So Garbage Pail Kids, are, they're out. And we got Greaser yeah. Greg, who's basically yeah. just a forgettable greaser that pulls switchblades sometimes. We yeah. got Messy Tessie, who's a girl... Uh, With snotty snot. nose. Yeah. Uh, Valerie Vomit, she just throws up. Yeah. Only once, though. Only once, yeah. A lot of the other times, she's like, y'all shut up, I'm gonna throw up. And they're like, you wouldn't do yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that or is that not how it goes? Uh, yeah. Was that also your Greaser Greg impersonation? Yeah. You wouldn't do it. Was, it. it was spot on. <laughs> it was kind of just a bad it's Travolta. Like if, yeah. If any, it, well, that's what it was. It was people doing bad Travolta impersonation. Um, uh, with Greaser Greg. Wendy Winston. All she does is fart. No, that's a. Oh, was that a girl? Was that a guy? I thought his name was Winston and he was Wendy. Okay. Because he farted a lot. Huh. Blew my mind. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
well, now I just have to rethink what I this whole movie. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe it actually took a delicate issue and handled it well. <laughs> yeah, that del- that delicate issue of uncontrollable flatulence. Oh, I was just talking. Is was that a guy or a girl? It didn't really <laughs> matter because didn't matter yeah, because the- at the end, Wendy Winston was an individual. <laughs> anyway, all right. So Falfill, he he was just a toddler that was like mama. Oh yeah, uh, like, he was like my least favorite part. Like, I totally, I totally f- forgot about him. All right, and then that nerd who was oh, oh god, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he's just a fat pimply kid that just would be like, hey, check it out, I'm pissing my pants. <laughs> Isn't he that pissed it? himself like four or five times yeah. over the course of this movie. Yeah, one time, every time he'd be like, "Oh," and then just piss. Yeah, my favorite was whenever they're getting ready to go. I forget where they were going to go somewhere, uh, and they were like, uh, "He goes, they where the hell were they going? They were going to go out on the town." And he goes, "Hey guys, look!" And they all look, and he pisses himself, <laughs> and he's like, "What? What was the name of that geyser?" Uh, old, oh, 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 old faithful. faithful. Yeah, and they're like, "What the fuck, dude?" Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, even even the other garbage pail kids hated that one. Yeah, yeah, he and he also wore a cape. My yeah. my just because he's a comic book nerd. Yeah, Do you, <laughs> well, I, it was I, the eighties. Do you not remember like garbage pail kids? Well, I'll say that just my own personal advice to myself is avoid anyone that wears a cape. If you wear a cape, if you carry a sword, and you're not a ninja, I'm not hanging. Okay, like, now sorry. hold on a second. <laughs> September, I believe, starts. It's okay to open carry swords in Texas. Yeah. Okay. Don't disfriend me just because I might carry a sword, <laughs> dude. Please don't carry a sword. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. I mean, it probably wouldn't be a katana. Dude, okay. You know what? I do like broadsword. Carry a sword, and I'll be that ass that actually just open carries. <laughs> like, a gun. You can just be my squire. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go around, and everyone will be like, what's wrong with them? I haven't really yeah. seen many people open carry you. Oh. I've seen one dude carrying it in a flip-flop. Like he, a shoe? Yeah, he's got a, a flip-flop tucked into his belt and his gun at a holster. Like okay, so I don't at, know. All right, so I'm at Redbox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, beat entourage seasons. Do I? Yeah, yeah. Getting getting ballers. Um, <laughs> and then the last, uh, unless I've missed someone. Another one. Yeah, Alligator. Oh yeah, he's he's the leader. Yeah, <laughs> they keep saying he's the natural leader, and he's a half person alligator. Who eats human toes like a lot? Yeah, and, a and, lot. He has a lunchbox full of toes, and fingers, and eyeballs. Only somewhat likable one to me, even though like <laughs> Which is weird. <laughs> even though the viewers left wondering like how the hell this is a kid's film. Whenever he's going around like saying stuff like "There's no time like toe time," and, like, <laughs> and just eating people's feet. Am I right? That is exactly what happens in this movie. Yeah. Not only that. <laughs> and I, I like your Rodney Dangerfield impersonation. There's no time there. like toe time. Um, you do the eye bulge and fix your tie. I, I, I like he also, it doesn't mention it, but it does show it multiple times. He's straight up eating eyeballs, human eyeballs. Oh, yeah. He offers them to other people. <laughs> he has a lunchbox full of eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, but 
at some point, like he says way too many things about toes, right? Like well, he we talks get about it. toes all the time. Yeah, we get it. You eat toes. Like he, he was sitting there. I forgot what happened. The kid was like, "Hey, I'm locking y'all in the basement, basically." And he's like, "All right, but whenever you come back, it better be quick. Otherwise, I'd hate to be your toes." And at that point, the kid. <laughs> <laughs> that kid just okay. The finger movements you just did. So good. <laughs> Nobody got to see that but me, and I'm sad. <laughs> but that's what happens. And even the kid is like, "Yeah, I've heard you say shit about my toes for like forever." You know, like, all right, shut up and keep making my my clothes. You know. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I don't remember why it starts in the first place but the garbage pail kids make him a jacket mm-hmm. right and then like he wears it and it impresses tangerine because apparently unbeknownst to everyone else and, and who's watching the movie and up until this point she has a, like a clothing line she makes and sells yeah yeah at, i'm assuming a flea market is what that place was yeah i was very i thought that it was just going on during a fight club (laughs) oh yeah yeah that makes sense it did look like a fight club but i mean that's still not ruling out flea market yeah so she's got big dreams of selling enough clothes to get the fuck out of dodge you see see what i did there his name's dodge oh Uh, dodger dodger yeah whatever yeah and and dodge uh he decides to put the garbage pile kids to work making clothes after she's impressed with his. Yeah. And so they start. Uh, they do it. They do. Yeah, they do. Okay. They, but I mean, they're, they're like, oh, well, we got to think about it. Right. And then they just do it all. Yeah. Without like as a surprise to be nice to him. Yeah. And when they're done, all they do is just sit in the basement and play cards. It's not like yeah. they're really that bad. Like if you can deal with the smell of toes and piss. Yeah, they're, they're not the villains in this movie. No. <laughs> um, but instead of putting them in the trash can again, they decide to find like they decide to uh, find them friends that have been locked up by the cops in the yeah. state home for the ugly, which yeah. includes people in jail cells uh, that are deemed too hairy, too gross, too silly. That was my favorite because it was a clown. Yeah. Too yeah. short, which I'm sure was just one of the little people that played one of the garbage pill kids out of costume, right? Yeah. Can, can we talk about for one second um, the fact that this this is a state home for the ugly, which sounds like something you tell like a child whenever their dog dies, you know, that they're just going to the state to home the, for the, the ugly. Farm. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like to the farm type thing where it's like he, he mancini is just telling the kid the garbage pill kids that they're at the state home for the ugly like as a nice way of saying that they're probably dead or mm-hmm. something oh yeah right yeah, yeah. yeah and then it's a real thing okay all right it's like a legitimate like there's <laughs> there's ugly kid catchers that go around <laughs> catching ugly kids i love that one of the the ugly i mean and the ugly kid catchers in the film they're just cops right yeah yeah, with nets. With fish nets, yeah. Like big cartoon dog catcher nets. Um, what I liked was at one point there's a kid wearing a mask yeah. and a cop puts a net on and then they're like, Oh, you better only wear mask on, on Halloween, otherwise you might get in the state home for the ugly. And then I like that casually uh Mancini mentions that the ugly kids were systematically crushed by garbage trucks. <laughs> did, did you catch that 
I don't think I did. Right? He looks at him and he goes, he he basically just pushes his hands together because he goes, where's the other ones? And he goes, you remember the garbage trucks? <laughs> like, what? Like, he smashes his hands together. So that means that they have like a system where, you know, they're there for three days or whatever. Unless they're adopted, they get smashed. So, okay. At the beginning, it kind of implies that the Garbage Pail Kids are like from another planet. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it has the Garbage Pail like flying through space mm-hmm. and stuff for some reason. So does that mean they might just be like legitimate human children that like escaped the home for the ugly and they're called Garbage Pail Kids because they're crushed like garbage? Maybe. Maybe. That's so because sad. they did actually emerge from a sludge. Remember? Because yeah. they weren't like popping out of the garbage pail. Uh, like, no. Gar- green slime came out. Yeah. And then it, off screen, they turned into kids. Huh. <laughs> Weird. What a sad movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, this movie sucks so bad. Like, yeah. I, I know that we're making it sound good with stuff. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's really bad. Like, the the protagonist he's evidently you know your moral compass but at the same time he's cool with locking them up and forcing yeah. them to run a sweatshop yeah and, and and we're not just calling it a sweatshop it has a sign that says sweatshop <laughs> yeah yeah then tangerine you know she keeps flip-flopping between like the gang that literally beats his ass i mean this yeah. isn't like they're like Hey, you better get out of our way, kid, or anything like that. And yeah. uh, no, that wasn't Greaser Greg talking. <laughs> they like yeah, it wasn't like the the you know the innocent bullying like in that movie Shrunken Heads <laughs> <laughs> or on The Goonies <laughs> where he <just laughs> attempted murder. But yeah, um, it's just so- <laughs> uh, but okay, so she's completely irredeemable, right? Yeah, they all are. And then, as I mentioned, you know, uh, Captain Mancini is an idiot. And Brian mentioned he might be immortal. He might. He might be an immortal wizard. But we don't know. Here's the biggest problem with all of it. The Garbage Pail Kids themselves are just boring and gross, but never like engaging. They never yeah. do anything cool. Like, they could just as easily not be pissing their pants. And the only thing I'd miss would be like toe time. If it was, yeah, if it was, if if there was no toe time in this movie, it'd have no (laughs) redeeming qualities. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, this is just a bad movie. Bad movie. Um, I mean, you know, it's going to be a bad movie when in the opening credits, it says a tops chewing gum production. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I like it. Okay. So they, they, uh, escape for a second for night out on the town and they go into a bar named the toughest bar in the world. See, there's some little things like that, that like if this movie was made a little bit more competently, it would have been funny. You know, it would have been, it would have been great. It could have been a farce, but instead it was just a farce of what it could have been. And then there was like a, like a, um, really, (laughs) there was was like a, a musical number in the middle of it. And then, like, it seemed like it padded the runtime with, like, five montages. Yeah, I like, uh, my favorite was when they go to the theater, and that was supposed uh-huh. to be cool, 
right? Yeah. But it's just like old ass public domain Three Stooges movies. Yeah. And then the audience hoots and hollers like fucking apes, right? Yeah. They're like throwing popcorn up. I'm like, ha! Like, it annoyed me so bad. If I was ever in a movie theater like that, that wasn't supposed to be like it, like a sing-along thing or like Rocky Horror, that time we went to um, uh, Monty Python, right? Oh, yeah. I'd probably go get my money back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, maybe I'm just getting old. (laughs) Yeah. But my favorite part of the entire movie Uh was after uh, Dodger gets thrown into the sewer... Right. He comes back up and they're like, oh, man, you're, you stink, basically. Right. And then Mancini and all the Garbage Pail kids watch him take a bath. Yeah. Do you remember that part? I guess I must have skipped through it. Yeah. They just straight up watch him take a bath. Really? Yeah. God, the 80s were weird. Like, and, and, and they're helping him. <laughs> My favorite he just, part. He just stands up and everything, and it's just like, what the hell, man? My favorite part was oh, during the oh, montage. Oh, oh, sorry. And then Alligator makes a reference to his toes. Like, <laughs> I, I, I swear to God. You, you better put those toes back under that bubbles. <laughs> all right, all right. It wasn't a bubble bath. <laughs> it wasn't a bubble bath? Like, it was just no. a normal bath? Yeah. It was a like a clawfoot tub that they had in the middle of the antique store. <laughs> It wasn't even in a bathroom. It was in the middle of the antique store. Um, Do you, you don't remember that? I guess I don't. No. My God. Okay. So, yeah, because I watched this half on YouTube and then half my DVD because <laughs> I only had YouTube access for a bit. <laughs> and um, it was in the top quarter of the screen. And then three quarters of the screen was just stars. Oh, yeah, they do that so they don't get copyright. Copyrighted. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. But I could. So, yeah, you probably missed the weird bathtub scene. Yeah, I guess I did. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, my favorite part uh, was actually during the. Yeah, so, there's a couple taking uh, just a dip in the hot tub. Mm-hmm. And then the garbage no, pill kids. It's one of the. It's oh, the, is it the greaser? No, or, it's the it's the second in command bully and his girlfriend. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then they the garbage pail kids uh, in the sewer just put shit in the bathtub. They just turn a dial, right? Yeah. Yeah. So does that mean like that same pipe was used for the for the hot tub like drain and also just shit? I don't know. <laughs> it was very, very odd. But there, there was a specific arrow marked hot tub to yeah. that one, one hot tub. But see, I think that it was just like they weren't even trying to get at that bully. They just happened to hit him. They were just doing mischief. Yeah, because they went to that bar and he started, he bit that dude's nose. <laughs> 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 that guy had nothing. Like the dude spit his beer. He was just yeah. like, what? My damn toes. Yeah. Why were his toes exposed? Like, I've never seen a biker wearing flip-flops. <laughs> I don't know. Huh. Okay. All right. So, one to five. Uh, our strengths and weaknesses. 
Oh no! It's there. There's <laughs> no strings. None, none of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, one to five. What are you giving it? Oh, it's a one. Yeah, me too. Solid one. It's, it's a it's a solid one. <laughs> All right. Well, we're done this time. I guess we'll see y'all in two weeks, where we are covering "What Good Girls Do" by Jonathan Butcher and the Peanut Butter Solution. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you know. Is this, I guess this is just a midsummer break where we're not really covering horror. I, I thought the peanut butter solutions, uh, one of the scariest movies ever made. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> sort of, we're going to find out. Jezebel said that it was one. <laughs> and I think that they're just talking about some of the weirder things that happen in it, but I've we'll never see. seen, I've never seen it. You uh, no. So yeah, we will see you next time, I guess. Yeah. All right.